I want you to bear with me, and I want you to pray uh, as I do this sermon today, because I did have some challenges a couple of days ago. I developed something that is relatively unusual for me. I developed this kind of, a, I guess, acid reflux and heartburn, and I've normally had that. When I do get it, it lasts for like maybe a little bit, and then it goes right away. Well, this has been kind of prolonged to the point yesterday. I didn't know I'd be able to do this. And so, you know, it's amazing. You know, I said earlier, when we talk about uh, faith, uh, you know, Paul says that, I'm, that, that, that in our weakness, God's strength is perfected. And there's something about that when you don't feel like doing something, but you just move in faith and you do it anyway, God will amazingly give you the grace. I literally did not think I could not sing yesterday. My wife would tell you. And it was like, I was like, I said to my, I said, you know what? I'm going to believe God. So I'm sitting here and I'm praying, right? And I'm, I'm going over to, I'm talking about a series entitled Believe, right? So now I'm having to believe that when I stand up before you today, I will be able to deliver a word. I'm telling you, faith really does work. Are y'all hearing me today? It really does work. So we're coming to the end of our series entitled Believe. Uh, week one, we talked about the fundamentals of faith, and we will highlight those today. In that, but in that first message, we dealt with all the particulars as it relates to uh, the nature of faith and how faith really works in and through our lives. And we talked about the seven laws of faith. So we'll continue with that. And I, and I really hope as we will recite those today that you will remember them Uh, Stand by them, exercise them. How many know that your faith is meant to be exercised? If something is not exercised, then it cannot grow. It's amazing. So so faith must be exercised. You got to take what you're hearing and you got to put it into practice. How many know the Bible says don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a what? A doer of the word. So only doers of the word is going to experience the full measure, power, and the benefit of the word of God. So in week two, we talked about how that you got to believe to receive. And really, we, we highlighted the children of Israel, uh, how that there was a whole generation that died off in the wilderness, could not go into the land of promise simply because they did not believe God. And we said and we continue to emphasize today that what was true then is true today. That our faith in God, we got to believe God. If we're, we got to believe God for what, we, what we're asking him for. There has to be faith, and there has to be a kind of faith that believes that God is a rewarder of those that will put their heart and mind and diligently are seeking him. And then last week, we talked, I mean, Father's Day was a great day, and we talked about David, one of my all-time favorite in the Bible. We talked about masculine faith. And we, so our title of our message last week was Overdrive, Faith Overdrive. And we talked about how Goliath, how David, against all odds and the most uh, unlikely of all people, challenged uh, over a nine-foot giant and destroyed him, not just because of, not because of David's strength, his skill, and ability, but really we learned last week that David got the victory over Goliath because David had crazy faith. He just believed that God was going to give him the giant's head. And how many know God gave it to him? And David was, is considered a, a warrior. But moreover, the basis for David and his strength is his faith and his belief in God. So it was with David, so it is with us. So today I want to talk about pressing faith. And conclude our series with pressing faith. Now, I think about pressing, I think about opposition. 
Whenever there's a press, usually there's a force that is coming toward you in the opposite direction. And so when we talk about pressing faith, I want you to understand that things doesn't, and I know this sounds elementary, but you got to get this. Things oftentimes doesn't happen exactly the way that you want them to happen. Sometimes you will pray in faith and, and, and you will do all that you know to do. I mean, you will pray dot, 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 dot. And, and, and all of a sudden, it just seems like, if anybody ever felt like this, it seemed like that, that God is somehow distant. It's like he's kind of like way out in the yonder someplace. And God is not giving attention to that which concerns you. And you're praying in faith, you're believing, you're doing everything you know to do, but yet there seems to be a delay. I want you to understand this, that faith and delay works together. Now, God never, ever will. He does not work according to your own schedule, right? If you think that, you're wrong. God is outside of time. He's eternal. God gives us time because time gives us a sense of discipline, a sense of direction. But God lives outside of time. God lives in eternity. So understand something. So whenever God sees a thing, God sees a thing all at once. We see life in frames and fragments. And so God calls us. You got to trust me through this. But, but when God sees the ending and the beginning at the same time, God then allows us sometimes to go through a, 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 go through a process by which we have to wait but, but God already sees the end of a thing. Y'all follow me? He already sees the, the, the end. That's why God can be patient sometimes when you're like, what's up, God? What's going on? Because God already knows exactly what he's doing in your life. That ought to bring you a lot of excitement because the steps of a good man is, are ordered by the Lord. And so sometimes we're not careful as we're walking by faith and we believe in God by faith when things does not generate in a and the pace that we like, if you're not careful, you'll find yourself um, quitting or giving up on God. We may not say the words verbally, but many times we quit on God in a variety of ways. We quit on God in terms of our attitude. We quit on God by simply going through the motions. We quit on God by not doing the things that we know we're supposed to do. You know, we lose our passion. We lose our zeal. So, I mean, that's all. It's quitting on God. So when we talk about faith. Faith is, is, is a lot about an attitude that perseveres. Uh, it's an attitude that stays strong throughout whatever you are going through. And so you got to understand this, this process. Now, y'all remember the story of Israel when they were in Egypt under Pharaoh's grip. All right. So Moses, so Moses comes and he tells Pharaoh, let the people go. Let them go. And uh, and it seems like at that particular time, in fact, this was a reality, that things actually got worse before they got better. And now why do I say that? Because initially, y'all remember when, 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 when Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go, it was at that moment that Pharaoh got mad and he brought the children of Israel under more oppression. Now, if they would have just simply said, okay, I'm out of here, and some of them was, was saying that, right? Some of them was like, God, I mean... I mean, Moses, you're supposed to be delivering us. Man, this thing has gotten worse. But it's in that moment when you find yourself in a situation where you don't fully know what's going on and, and you believe in God, it's in those moments that you got to stay faithful. 
Because you got to believe that God is working in you to will and do of his good pleasure. Anybody believe that? That God, so you got to hold on to that even though there's a delay. None of us like the wait, do we? We don't like the waiting. You know, a waiting room is called a waiting room, right? They're telling you before you get there it's a waiting room, but who likes to wait? <laughs> you ever go to the emergency room and they tell you, wait, you're running in this emergency to you, and they see you two hours later. They tell you to wait. Sometimes God's like that, doesn't he? I mean, like waiting in I-95 traffic. Ain't a, no, nobody likes waiting. We live in a generation that doesn't like to wait. So I want you to understand that when it talks about matters of faith, that waiting on God is a part of the faith process. You got to understand that. And so, and, and so we're going to talk today about what do you do in those moments when you find yourself, when faith calls you to wait on God. So when faith calls you to, to kind of like, okay, God, I'm believing, but what do I do in the meantime? Because somewhere between my prayer and what I'm believing you for, there's this wide gap. And God, I don't know what to do in that. So I want to talk about that gap today. And, and I want to give us some assurances so that we understand that oftentimes, and here's what I believe, and here's what I've experienced, that God does his best work. Watch this in times of quietness and stillness. How many know that God was doing some of his best work? Had the children of Israel, at the time that God was about to deliver them, they didn't know that, that God was going to open up a Red Sea for them. Come on, church. They, 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 they had no idea. And, and, and I'm telling you right now, while you're believing God, God is working, watch this, church, even while you're sitting in that chair. God is working right now. While you're just sitting here listening to me, God, through faith, we believe God is working. And what is he doing? Working everything out for our good. So we got to believe that. So what do we do when faith requires us to wait on God? So let's talk about a few things, and then we'll get into the main passage that we're going to feast upon today in Mark chapter 5. So what do we do when faith requires us to wait on God? First, we must understand this, that there is a spiritual warfare. Now, most people think that Christianity is a picnic, or they would like to think that Christianity is a picnic. You know, people don't understand that, uh, or we don't want to deal with the reality of the fact that being a Christian is warfare. The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is Ephesians 6, 12. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. I just thought about something. I had a situation yesterday, and I had to tell my son because he was upset, and I was telling, you know, I had to communicate to him, son, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Because sometimes you look at people, and you want to take people's heads off, and you're getting mad at people, your whole attitudes, and you don't, you don't understand you're not wrestling against flesh and blood. How many know God called you to be an agent that represents him in the earth? God died for human beings that they might come and believe him. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers. Look at this. The rulers, rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So the fight is for the souls of men. So while we're waiting, I want you to understand that while you're waiting in faith, in, while you have faith in God and you're waiting, that there's a warfare happening. That, that every step you take. There's a devil out there that's trying to manipulate you or force you or coerce you to go in the opposite direction of which God wants you to go. 
I want you to understand that. So that the whole system of this world, which is a demonic system, is designed. If y'all don't believe me, think about it for a moment. The whole system of this world is designed to pull you away from God. See, that's what we call spiritual warfare. Where, where, where even at this moment, now God is greater. Everybody, know, everybody knows that. The, the Bible says greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But there's still a devil. And unfortunately, sometimes we give place to the devil, which makes it even worse. So there's spiritual warfare going on. So we got to understand that. Then number two, we got to know that God is preparing us. I got to know this, man. I got, I got to know that what God, God has a particular plan, an assignment for every one of us in this room. And so what God does is God takes you through a process by which he can crystallize, if you will. He could manifest through you that which he's called you to do. So God is preparing you. It says in James chapter 2, verses 2 to 4, says, My brethren, this is why the Bible says this, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Okay, I'm going through a test. This is hard. I've tried to do everything I know to do. I'm going through this test. These people keep messing with me. My, I can't get my marriage right. I keep doing stupid stuff. I, I, I keep falling. You know, things just keep happening to me. I don't know why. He says here in James, brothers, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Like that means various mean a multiplicity of trials. Knowing that here it is, the testing, testing of your faith, that's one of our faith principles we talked about. The testing of our faith produces patience, right? So God's going to put muscle in your faith. So the only way God's going to put muscle behind your faith is to put you under, in the fire, to, to put you in situations where your faith has to be exercised. It has to be challenged. You, you know, you're, you're not growing in faith if you're not challenged. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? You're, you're not growing. You're not moving until you get challenged. You know, you, you know, a lot of us read Bible and we know Bible, but a lot of us don't do Bible. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of, we know Bible up and down, but we don't do Bible. And what God is more concerned about is that we do he said, not the hearers of the word are blessed, but the what? Doers of the word. So it's about how much Bible are, is being manifest in us. So here's what God do. God works in a way to make you become more like Christ. So if that Bible, get this, if that Bible is not making you more like Jesus, you're missing the point. You're, just, you're getting information, but you're not being changed. So what God is doing is God, God's faith, and this is why a lot of times God puts a delay on us, is because God is taking us through this part. He knows how every one of us are, and so he's going to work out of you that stuff that's hindering you, that attitude, that anger, that lack of patience, if you will, uh, that, uh, uh, that desire for lust. God's got to work all that out of you. So in the process, I can be like Philippians says, 1-6 says, being confident. Everybody say confident. Confident in the, everybody say confident. Come on, preach with me. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh, Lord, help us, help us, help us. You know, you got to have faith. Y'all got to do better. I'm just saying y'all got to do, listen, we all got to do better. Listen. We are here because we want to stimulate our faith and we want heaven to move. Atmosphere got to be right. You control the atmosphere. God doesn't. You does. 
you control. Jesus couldn't do many miracles there. Why? Because the people were filled with unbelief. So we need to sound like a people that believe God. If nothing else, let's sound like a people that, oh, I, I'm believing God for something because God want to do something. So we can be confident, back to the word, in this very thing that he who has began a good work in you, he will complete it. God will complete what he's, God will complete what he started. He is the author and the finisher of our God is in control. He's the author. He's the finisher of our faith. And then the third thing we got to do with faith, with, when, when faith is, requires us to wait on God, we got to just not quit. Don't have a quitting attitude. I, I mentioned that a moment ago. But the Bible says, let us not grow weary, grow weary while doing good. All right? For in due season you'll reap if you don't faint. Okay, so think about this. He says, now, let us not grow weary in doing good. So watch this. If you know that the thing that you're doing is inside the will of God, if you know that the thing that you're doing is pleasing to God, if you know that the thing you're doing is right, if you know that the thing that you're doing is good, if you know that you're working within the confines of the word and the will of God, then watch this. He says, in due season. Everybody say due season. You will reap if you don't if you don't faint not. So now here's the backside of that. So what it tells me is that that if I get weary and I quit, then I'm not going to get there because I, I, I didn't stay the course. See, I, I, I quit. See, how many know that there's a delay between uh, planting and harvesting, sowing and reaping, planting and harvesting? They're never in the same season. There's a time to plant. Right. Nobody plants something the same day and go back out there and expect it to grow. Who, who does that? Nobody does that. But we act like that with God. We start planting some things and planting words. and We, we want quick return. Sometimes, I mean, you got to understand there are seasons by which God works. So what we got to understand is that, that, that we just can't quit. We got to stay in faith. The Bible says that many of them died in faith. I, I, I like this, I, this is the way I like to think about it. All of us are going to go down one day, unless Jesus tarry. You know what I mean when I say go down? You're going to, you're going to lay flat. <laughs> y'all, 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 you need me to elaborate. The death ratio is one per person. All of us are going to get there, right? So, so we're all going to lay flat. So here's my attitude, unless Jesus come back. Now, my prayer is that he come back and snatch us up out of here, you know, <laughs> before then. That's what I really hope. But in case he don't, I determine that if I'm going to do anything for God, first, I'm going to do it in faith. Watch this. And if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down swinging. I'm going to go down swinging in faith, brother. I'm going I'm I'm to put up a good fight. I'm not going to sit back. Oh No, if, I'm, if I got to go down, brother, you're going to know you've been in a fight with Pastor Bailey. I'm like, listen, I'm going to like the old saints of old, they went, they went down, but they went down swinging in faith. They didn't, all of them didn't get all the promises because God had something better in store for them. He was thinking about us. See, God works in generations and God works outside of time and God is doing all these things. And, and, but you got to maintain your faith and say, God, I will keep believing you. I will keep believing your word, even though, God, there seems to be a delay. Things are not happening at the pace I would like. And you got to have an attitude, God, I'm going to believe you no matter what happens in my life because trust me, you are continually being challenged every day, and we live in a generation, in a culture today, even in our country, where Christianity is beginning to become un unpopular in a significant way. 
in a significant way. And, and, and so all of, you, all of us who are sitting around just, you know, trying to keep this thing quiet, you know, don't want to offend them. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> you know, we got to stand up for righteousness. You got to make up your mind. I made up my mind. God, I, this, I got nothing else. I'm broke. <laughs> Um, broke spirit. I ain't got nothing. I only got. I, mean, I, can, I mean, you know what I'm, ta- I'm talking about. When I came to Christ, I didn't have anything else. I gave it all. I was like, hey, God, I ain't got nothing else. Outside of Christ, I'm broke. I'm nothing. You are nothing outside of Christ. So everything that we do, we owe to him. So why should we not believe our God? Why not? The Bible says they died in faith. They died believing. Keep believing God. Then the fourth point, which would lead us to this thing, is that we got to press. Everybody say press. Come on, everybody, everybody say press. Come on, preach with it. Press, 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 press. It says in Philippians chapter 3, 13 and 14, brethren, this is Paul talking. He said, I don't count myself to have apprehended. Paul said, I ain't there yet. I'm not everything I want to be. I still got my struggles. I'm still a man. I'm still learning this thing, you know. But he said, but here's one thing I know I'm doing. He said, I'm forgetting those things which are behind me. Paul said, I'm not living in the past. How many know you can't live in the past if you want to achieve what God wants you to achieve? You can't stay stuck. You got to get up out of there. Everybody say, get up out of there. <laughs> you can't do that. You got, you got to get up out of there. He says, watch this. He says, I press toward the goal for the prize, watch this, of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Now, I want, you to, I want you to stay with me for a moment. So I want you to think about this thing of upward call. So Paul says, I'm pressing. So watch this. So on the other side of Paul, Paul is here. On this side here, this is Paul's goal. He, he wants to be more like Christ. He, he knows God has set him apart for a particular work. So in order for, for the apostle Paul, here's what he's saying. In order for me to get where God wants me to do, I, be, I got to press my way through. In other words, it's not going to be a cakewalk. Are y'all hearing me this morning? So your faith See, it's not going to be a cakewalk. See, you got to press because there's, a, uh, there's, there's resistance. So in other words, what Paul is really saying is, man, if I don't press through what I'm going through, if I don't press through this moment of doubt and unbelief, if I don't press through what they're doing to me, what he did to me, what she did to me, what they are doing to me, if I don't press through that, I won't get to where God wants me to go. You will quit. You will give up. You will walk out of your marriage. You will walk away from You will do everything. You will do it all. Why? Be- because you, you missed this concept. You got to press your way. See, you were designed to press. Nothing significant for God is going to be done with us just kind of cakewalking our way through. Listen, salvation is free. Discipleship is costly. Not only that, but inheriting the promises of God, sometimes believing God and seeing the manifestation of God, it requires you to press. You know, I, you know, I don't lift weights. I still lift weights, but not to the extent that I used to. But, man, when I was really lifting weights, I was a big dude. I mean, I'm, I'm nothing what I used to be. I was a big dude. People always, how you get big, Pat? How you, I, I get, well, they didn't call me pastor back then. Gary, how do you get big? I said, uh, man, I just, I work out all day. I lift crazy. I lift every day. And there are days I don't feel like lifting. There are days that I'm tired. I don't feel like going in the gym, but I do it anyway. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I just go, and I went, and I, I just kept going. I just kept going. And some days, I'm telling you, I was sick. Some days, I didn't feel good. I had a head cold, but I was going to the gym, and I was lifting six days a week. My wife would tell you, when she first met me, I was a gym nut. I had thighs about this big. My muscle, I was ripped. I mean, massive. But you know how that came? 
I had to go in the gym and I would press. I would drop 450 pounds on my back and I would sit my butt all the way on the floor and I would spring back up. I would lay down. I would bench press 425 pounds. Yeah, that's what I would. Yeah, but, but let me tell you something. I didn't, brother said, what? See, I didn't get there. Well, I didn't just get there by walking in the gym. I got there through this process of just pressing. Every time I, get, I had to press, until, and watch, when you keep pressing, you keep pressing, and you keep pressing, you'll develop the strength that you need in order to get what God has wanted, wanted to take you. Y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? So you don't just come out of this thing superman or superwoman. You, you got to press your way through. I want you to understand uh, the whole message about pressing faith. So here it is, this, this woman. Ah, I need to do this real quick. So we're going to talk about this woman with the issue for a moment, and I'm not going to be long because I, I want you all to stay and eat some food they, they got out there for you. Um, so the seven fundamental laws of faith. So let me just recap these. Now, keep in mind what I said. So you will see these laws. Every episode, every person we've talked about in this series, you see how these laws of faith applies to all of them. So all I'm trying to get you to see is that these principles work. This is not just words that I'm giving out. They're very biblical. How many of you believe the Bible? So the Bible is not going to work for you until you start working it. You know, coming to church and hearing is not going to do it for you. That'll bore you. It's, 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 it's in the doing. Everybody say the doing. It's, it's in the transformation uh, uh, the seven fundamental laws of faith. Here they are. Just, just a quick recap, and then we're going to jump right on in. So without faith, the Bible says, it's impossible to please God. So we talked about the importance of faith. Got to have it. Those who come to God must believe that he is and that he's a reward of those that diligently seek him. Number two, we said the just shall live by faith. This is how we live. This is where we camp. This is where we stay moment by moment, day by day. We are constantly in faith, trusting, believing, relying upon God every single day of our life. If you're on the job, wherever you are, you're trusting, you're inviting God, you're thinking about God. Lord, help me with this project. Lord, help me with this assignment. Lord, help me to love this person. Lord, help me to get over. You follow me. We're constantly walking, living by faith. Then number three, we say we walk by faith and not by sight. How me know that David did not walk by sight? He walked by faith. Because they already said that when the Goliath showed up, everybody else ran, including the whole army and Saul, except for David. David saw something different. He was in faith. Faith calls me to obey. Here's another principle, number four. Faith calls me to obey in spite of what it looks like. It, it, it calls me to press through in spite of of what it looks like in the natural. Listen, we live in a natural, physical world, but the things of the kingdom are spiritual. So how do we access the things of the kingdom is in the realm of the spirit. Follow me? So we got to, so we got to understand that there's a, there, 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 there are protocols and there are spiritual laws that pull down the things of heaven that, so that we can function as God's agents here in the earth. And I mean, no, we need power to walk right. We need power to live right. We need power from God to do what God wants us to do. You can't do that in your, own, in your own strength. You're kidding me? It's no way possible. You need the power of God. Faith must be developed. Number five, faith must be developed in order to grow. Faith must be developed. We talked about that a moment ago. Number six, we said faith speaks what it believes. In other words, we got to start speaking what we're believing God for. How many know that your words can set the atmosphere? 
Try it every now and then. Try speaking positive and see. Just take a week and do a positive fast. So the whole week, I'm just going to speak. Even if it's negative, I'm just going to speak life in my city. I'm going to speak life in my spouse. I'm going to speak life at my job. I'm going to speak life to my children, even though they're lazy and ain't doing this. I'm going to speak life, and I'm going to declare, and I'm going to say what I think you ought to be doing. I'm going to speak life. I'm going to prophesy. You'd be amazed how the, your whole environment will start to shift. Because you're living, you're not denying reality. Faith doesn't say we deny reality. It just says that we believe that God is greater than our reality and that our reality is not going to stay that way because of our faith in God. See, that's the problem with the so-called faith movement. They try and deny reality. We don't deny reality. We just believe that God is greater. <laughs> and we just believe it ain't going to stay there. We just, we, just, we just walk with God no matter what. And we said that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That was the seventh principle. So faith comes by hearing. So what we hear, what we hear is important as it relates to our faith. So here, this woman. So let's, let's look at this woman here for the next few moments, and we're going to get ready to get you out of here. So here's this woman. She was fighting a sickness for 12 years. And this is amazing, 12 years. And I said earlier when we first read the passage that she is, the Bible says that she suffered many things, that means that she, it wasn't just the hemorrhaging, but there's other issues that she was dealing with. And that not only that, think about this. She lost she, every penny she had, all the, every, all the money, everything she had, she spent trying to get better. But not only didn't the, the woman didn't get better, but she got worse. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Is anybody living out there? You ever had a situation, man, that, that seemed like you keep trying to do your best, and the more you do right, the situation goes south on you? Y'all know what I'm talking about. So here's this woman is fighting. And, you know, and I said earlier that faith, and here's another one of our faith principles with this woman, that faith must be tested. This woman right now, she is going through the test of her life, right? And God knows who she is, and we don't know a whole lot about her religion or faith. We, the Bible doesn't talk about it. But we know that she was a woman that at least she didn't give up. We know that for a fact. So, but it says in verse 26 that things got worse. When it's supposed to be getting better, man, it got worse. Doctors are supposed to be healing me. If I spend all this money, I'm supposed to get better. Here's what I've understood, and this is a principle, and I really believe this. So you got to obey God. Faith calls us to obey God no matter how it looks. Listen, this is the other principle here. I've discovered that oftentimes right before God's biggest move in my life, and this is what I've seen in 20, I've been walking with the Lord now for some 20, 26 years, all right? And I can say that right before some of my most God moments, my most impactful moments as a Christian, it happened out of situations that it appeared it got worse when I was believing God. And when, when it seemed like, man, that the, the air was sucked out, there was nothing there, God just shows up, and God does something. This is why faith is, this is why walking in faith is so important, because you never know. Here's the beauty. I, I said this before, but anybody here like roller coasters? Y'all got problems. People like the roller coasters got problems. You know, but from a faith perspective, it's fun. <laughs> From a natural perspective, I hate it. It sucks. But from a faith perspective, 
the roller coaster. You never really know what I think. And part of the excitement, right, is I don't know how this thing feels until it drops. I trip out. I don't like that. I'm one of those brothers that like to be in control. Right. I don't like to be surprised or nothing. I don't do hunted houses. And all I know, don't surprise me. You might get shot. Come sneak up on me. I'm just saying. But but listen, um, you know, that was a joke. Y'all didn't even laugh. OK, anyway. So. So. So anyway. So. So I never want. So. So I, I mean, faith. But here's the thing. When you're walking with God, you just never know where the dip is going to happen, where to turn, how he's going to flip. You never know. But you know that in the end, you're going to be all right. You do know that. See, God will take you through situations and circumstances, and, man, and it seems like, man, this is bad, and this is bad. I mean, the first time I got on a roller coaster, I really didn't think I was going to live. In fact, I was screaming and yelling. And I remember all, everybody stopping and watching me, and I was screaming. I was like, yes, and I was crying. And I, was, uh, I think I was just, uh, just uh, I was like a senior in high school, and I rode the uh, Kings of Maine, a ride called the Rebel, Rebel L. Rebel, you know, he, he said, I know. Yeah, what is it? Yeah, Rebel. And that was the first roller coaster I rode. And I literally thought, I honestly thought, I mean, I wasn't even joking. I wasn't saved then, you know, I, but I literally thought that I was going to die. And that's considered an easy ride nowadays. I mean, this is back when I was a kid. That's nothing to get. And I literally thought that I would. So I remember we pulled in, and I'm jumping, and I'm up, and I'm, I'm like, I got my hands up because I can't get out of the thing because they got me strapped down. And I'm just like, yes, 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 I made it, I made it. Because I like, people looked at me like, what's wrong with that little boy? He got some issues. That little boy, they thought he was going to die. <laughs> you know, I thought, but you know, but I was all right. I got off that thing, and I went back to doing other stuff. I didn't get on another roller coaster. But life was really fine. God would take you through stuff like that, and you might think that while you're going through, man, this is terrible, this is that, that, that. But, but you got to understand that if you stay faithful, you're going to be all right. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to be all right. Come on, look at him and tell him in faith. You're going to be all right. So you got to believe that. See, this woman, now watch. So this woman, she heard about Jesus. It says in verse 27, she heard about Jesus. Now, our faith principle here, it says that uh, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So we don't know how much she knew about Jesus, but here's what we do know. That she heard enough about Jesus to develop enough faith to at least come out of that situation and say, I'm going to try and go get my healing. So she heard, everybody say heard. She heard enough about Jesus that she says, you know what? I'm going to get up. I'm not going to stay here, and I'm going to press, and I'm going to get my healing. So this woman, she gets up, and not only does she get up. Now, I want you to know a couple of things you're going to, we're going to learn here today, but, but you know, she, she starts speaking to herself. Anybody ever talk to yourself? She says in verse number 28, she says this. She says, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I should be made. Well, the other versions, the other in, in Luke and Matthew says, she said within herself. But in this particular passage, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Now, she didn't say I might be. She didn't say I hope, I wonder. She said shall. Everybody say shall. She said I shall be made whole. So watch this now. So this woman touched Jesus differently than everybody else touched him. See, everybody else, see, a lot of people touching Jesus today, right? Quote, unquote, touching Jesus. They're touching Jesus with complaints. They're touching Jesus with their fears, with their tears. 
They're touching Jesus with anger. They're touching Jesus with, you know, everything. But the thing that really moves Jesus or moves heaven is this thing called faith. This woman touched Jesus with faith. There was a difference. She touched him, watch this, believing that before she touched him that she was going to be made well. So follow me? So that's the faith right there. She believed that if I touch him, I'm going to be made well. Now watch this, because some of us, we may not have gotten this, but this is what God showed me. So watch. The woman was healed before Jesus asked her who touched me. Let me say that again. The woman was healed before Jesus asked the question, who, who touched my clothes? Who did it? The woman was healed before Jesus ever engaged her. In fact, there's nothing in the text that tells us that Jesus had a conversation with this woman, right? Nothing in the text that tells us that Jesus knew the woman. It's nothing in the text that tells us that Jesus even saw the woman. Nothing in the text that tells us that Jesus ever made eye contact with the woman. All we know is Jesus is out and about, and there's a whole bunch of people, like it was, pressing up against him. They were touching him, but it was one person that touched him with something else called faith. And watch this. Even Jesus was surprised. Everybody say, Jesus was surprised. Now watch this. Now watch this. Now hear me, because my... my, 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 my my orthodoxy here is correct, but just hear the spirit of what, what I'm saying, because it, it, may, it may not sound right, but it's right. Jesus, watch, in the context of this verse, Jesus didn't authorize the healing. Watch this. Faith demanded it. In other words, Jesus didn't look at her and say, woman, come here, let me, let me lay hands on you. Like he, he, didn't, uh, he, didn't, uh, he, didn't, he didn't say anything to her. He didn't engage her. But all of a sudden, because this woman's faith which I believe, obviously her faith was in the right person. She was pointing toward Christ because you want to have faith in Christ. And her faith was so strong that her faith demanded a healing. It demanded attention. And so Jesus stopped in his track and he said, wow, who did that? Who touched my clothes? And then he made eye contact with her. After the fact, which shows, watch this, how powerful faith can be. When faith is in full operation, this woman touched him with a kind of faith that he got his attention. But how many know she had to press through? She was, remember, this was a sickly woman. We talk a lot, we talk a lot about the fact that she was hemorrhaging blood for 12 years. But the Bible says she suffered a whole lot of things. And many things of a physician, I mean, didn't, didn't have much. And she, was, she was obviously not a woman that was well. But yet somehow she said, you know what? I'm not going to park here. I'm not going to stay here and die. I'm not going to sit here. Remember I said earlier, you got to go out swinging? She said, look, you know, I know what they say, what it looked like. I know all of that, but, but I'm going to go. I'm not just going to sit, sit here and I'm going to wait. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go for it. Look at the name and say, go for it. You got to go for it, right? So she said, what? So she had to press through the crowd. And it... You know, sometimes it, nothing says that anybody helped her. She just got through. She figured out a way. I'm going to press through, and I'm going to get. And you know, and she got to. And listen, this is a, a, a this is a picture of someone that press 
And it's the same attitude that we got to have. See, we got to press through our financial issues. How many know she had to press through hers? She spent everything and got nothing for it. But she pressed anyhow. She had to press through the inconvenience of sickness. She was a sickly woman. She had issues. But, but how many know sometimes we're sick, right? But we got to press. We got to keep doing what God told us to do because the time is short. So she had to press through the inconvenience of sickness and disease. She had to press through it. She had to press through the feeling of wanting to quit. Can you imagine that this woman, just like any one of us, she's human, right? I imagine that she's probably had moments in her flesh where she thought, man, I'm going to quit. I want to quit. This is hard. I mean, I've been spending all my money, and everybody's been trying. I probably went to five or six different faith healing services. None of that stuff worked. Nobody could heal me. Da-da-da-da-da-da. But, but no, no. This woman pressed through the feeling of wanting to quit. She pressed. So you got to learn to press through the moment that you feel like quitting. That's the moment that you got to press harder. The moment when you know it's God's will. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? When you know it's the right thing to do, when you know it's what God wants you to do, you got to press through it. This woman pressed through that desire. She pressed through people that was in her way. How many mean know that, that if we're going to be and do what God wants us to do, there's always going to be people that's going to be in our way. They're going to be telling us what we can do. They're going to be questioning our faith. They're going to be saying things about us. They're going to be ostracizing us. The Bible talks about this, right? So it says, say rejoice and be glad when they, they talk about you. They remove you from uh, uh, your, 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 their company because you are a believer. He, you know, he, he says rejoice and be glad because your reward in heaven is going to be great. People are not always going to be celebrating who you believe in your Jesus. You are in the minority. So you got to press through people's opinions. You got to press through people's doubts. You got to press through, you know, the majority because the majority are not seeking Christ. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? The majority has no Christ consciousness. The majority wants nothing to do with Christ. The majority, what's popular, is not Christ. Y'all understand that? Wide is the gate that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to what? Life. Narrow. Get it in your spirit. So you got to decide if you want to go with the crowd or if you want to go with Jesus. Do you want what's popular? You Come on out, brother. Or do you want to go with Jesus? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? So we got to decide. So she had to press through with people that was in the way. See, it was about, it was about pressing. Pressing through no matter what it looks like. But what was amazing about this story, and I think it's very relevant to us, because we've seen this as a theme all the way through. We see her faith principle at work, the faith principle of pressing through no matter what it looks like, all the obstacles. We see the, press, the faith principle of she's speaking those things that are not as though they were. She's talking about that. She's declaring she's going to be healed. She heard about Jesus. She's hearing. She's open to what the Lord wants to do in her life. She's obeying no matter what it looks like. And then finally... She walks by faith and not by sight. Finally, her faith, look at verse number 34. I want us to read it. Jesus, and he said to her, here's Jesus. Here's what Jesus, Jesus says to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. See, even Jesus was saying, woman, your faith is amazing. Your faith is what made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Why go in peace and be healed of your affliction is because this woman's faith was so amazing. Jesus himself said, woman, it was your faith that got you there. How I many know it is be our faith that get us there? It's our faith. 
What are you believing God for? And then what are you doing in response to that? Because faith without works is what? Dead. So watch this. What am I doing to stimulate my faith? What am I doing to provoke God's grace and power in my life so that what I want God's grace and power? I want God's grace and power so that I can fulfill his mission in the earth, which is to make disciples, to change lives through the power and the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Period. That's why we're here. Everybody got to be concerned about souls in this room. If a person is not saved, family member, somebody you know they're not saved, you ought to be concerned. Let's get out of this thing where we're just okay, man, with, but, you know, we're not sharing and preaching and talking to people that God, you know, God brings people who are unbelievers in our path for a reason. Y'all believe that? God wants us to have an influence on people. And we're going to do that through our faith. It's our faith in God. Our faith that we walk with him, we believe him, we trust him. We do the work of ministry. When we're doing the work of ministry, we'll see the manifestation of the power needed to sustain that ministry. But we got to do the work of ministry. The whole month you've been talking about belief. My prayer is that you would walk every day in belief. My prayer is that you would exercise these seven principles of faith that we've been talking about for the entirety of the month. My prayer is that you would begin to speak those things that are not as though they are and allow the Spirit of God to work in your life in such a way that he changed your whole environment. It's possible with Jesus. Amen. If you receive that word, come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Amen. Father, we do thank you so much for your word.